The home that you worked so hard to purchase or the business that you dreamed of owning deserve to shine. LDJ Cleaning Professionals specialize in commercial, residential, and disinfecting cleaning. We've served Aurora and the Quad Counties with over 20 years experience in the professional cleaning industry. Whether you're looking for window cleaning, disinfecting, or general office cleaning, we offer it all and more. Hire a true professional and call us today at 630-291-5435 or visit our website at www.ldjcleaning.com. We help you protect your investment. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 7.36 a.m extra early and you are listening to good morning aurora the second largest city's first daily news podcast and we have a wonderful 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 uh interview for you guys today we've got a good friend by the name of mr aaron hawkins a local filmmaker and producer on the show to talk to us about being creative and being an actor so that's what's up that's what's up yeah y'all already know about to do it baby about to do it up all right, so we do have some news for you guys to go over. Uh, and this is actually my first news since uh, our first news uh, since coming back from Christmas. So I hope that you guys had a great Christmas and everything. Yesterday we did something special and something new. We called it the, the positive note. Uh, so what that is is it is a part one. It's a brief collection of some of the uh, positive notes that we've been given, some of the last words from our guests on the show. As you guys know, every episode ends with a positive note, so we collected a little bit of those yesterday and uh, put those out for you, so check out yesterday's episode, Positive Note, uh, Daily Aurora Affirmations. All right, so we got some good news to talk to you guys about, a lot of stuff uh, coming up and happening. Uh, so let's get into that. So first things first, today is the twenty, uh, the 29th. So that means that you guys have just two days to go to make sure that your business is fully registered um, with the city of Aurora. And that is the general business registration ordinance. And it requires all entities conducting business within city boundaries to register with the city of Aurora. By registering your business, you are contributing to the continued success and safety of your employees, patrons, and fellow businesses. So make sure that y'all do that. It is required. I don't know what the penalty is if you don't do it, but uh, if you are a business to stay within good standing, I would urge you to make sure that you get that done. All right. The Aurora Public Library has a lot of good stuff coming up next year. Um, So here's just a little bit of a rundown of some of the upcoming activities that have been announced already. Wednesday, January 13th at 6 p.m. will be citizenship and recent updates on immigration. An immigrant legal services specialist from World Relief Chicagoland will be present and talking about the process and recent updates due to COVID-19. Registration is required. Wednesday, January 20th at 6 p.m. will be contacting your elected officials as a follow-up to MLK's Day of Service. Former political staffer Lily Rocha will cover best practices to contact local, state, and federal representatives. Learn how to make your message heard. Thursday, January 21st at 7 p.m. will be the Civic Education Series. County Boards, in partnership with the League of Women Voters Aurora Area, This is a session about the importance of county boards and how they impact your life. This is for adults and teens. Registration is required. There's also February and March initiatives to speak on, sponsored by the Aurora Public Library as well. These are significant. They highlight culture. Friday, February 12th at 10 a.m. will be Tai Chi for Chinese New Year, the ancient Chinese practice of Tai Chi, clinically proven to be an effective exercise to improve health, fitness, and relaxation, will be a program available to adults. Registration is required. 
Tuesday, February 16th at 7 p.m. will be Growing Your Business with LGBTQ Friendly Practices. Part of the Fairness and Equality for a Better Aurora series, this is in conjunction with the Aurora Human Relations Commission. Registration is required. And Thursday, March 18th at 7 p.m. will be Civic Education Township Government. Continuing partnership with the League of Women Voters Aurora area, this series will focus on township government and its role in policymaking. How's that? All right. And remember that the Aurora Township elections are coming up as well. February, the date escapes me, uh, of next year are the primaries with the election on April 6th. So uh, get to know the candidates, get to know what they're running for and get to know Aurora Township. Aurora Township is not very well known in the city at all. Most people that you talk to, they have no idea what the township does, who's in it, or even if they live or reside in it. We were fortunate enough to interview three uh, members running for township positions. Alex Arroyo is running for township supervisor. We also interviewed Sherry Spears and Bonnie Kunkel, who are both running for Aurora Township trustee. Uh, you can check out those episodes. They are online. You can subscribe to our Spotify and YouTube channel, and that's where you will find them and get to know them. All right. So uh, make sure you do that. That is very important. Want to give some small business shout outs right now to uh, Gillerson and Wickwood House and Treadwell and Cottonseed Creative Exchange. Also, a shout goes out to Beto over there at Crystal House. Um, so much great stuff is going on. We'd like to thank our most recent uh, YouTube subscribers as well. So we had Natalie, we had Beto, we had Psycho with the Hatchet. We've got a couple more to uh, shout out as well. All right. And I'm proud to announce that we've got merch coming. You know what? I'm not going to drop that just yet. Nah, nah. You got to, you know, you got to follow the Instagram. You got to get on the gram. Got to get on the gram or Spotify or, you know, Instagram or YouTube. I said Instagram already. YouTube. So, you know, I'm about to let y'all know we got some brand new stuff debuting today. Brand new. So y'all stay tuned for that. Um, other than that, that are that those I'm messing up, y'all. My bad. I got coffee, but I got kind of like tongue tied. All right. Oh, I want to give a shout out right now to Aurora Business United, a great and free networking group here in the city of Aurora, contacting small business, big business, and putting it all together for the citizens. Uh, any other questions that you guys have, feel free to shoot us an email at goodmorningauroraIL at gmail.com, or you can contact us on Facebook Messenger or on Instagram. Shoot us a DM, ask any questions that you want, and if you have any news or updates that you would like, like to highlight feel free to send them over to us oh one more thing i've almost forgot y'all one more piece of news one more piece of news yo shout out to fox valley habitat for humanity anyway um the fox valley habitat for humanity is ringing in 2021 with bingo for owino a virtual bingo game fundraiser for a batavia habitat home uh, they're going to be hosting five virtual games on Zoom, on Zoom, and this is going to be on Sunday, the 10th of January from 5 to 6 p.m. Two raffle baskets and a 50-50 raffle are included. The public is invited to participate and funds raised will benefit Habitat's Janice and George Owino family home under construction in Batavia. Occupancy is scheduled for spring 2021. The fees are $20 for one bingo card and for an individual and a family is $50 for four cards. Additional cards are $10 each and the Zoom link will be included in a email registration confirmation. All right. So for more information on that or to register, you can call 630-206-5038. Or email B Ziegel Z E G I E L B dot Ziegel at Fox Valley Habitat dot org. So that's B dot Z E G I E L. All right. Participation in bingo games is not required to purchase the 50 50 tickets. All right. Bingo cards and raffle tickets are available by mail, email, and hand delivery or at Habitat's office at Genesis Community Church. 
at 1300 South Broadway in Montgomery. Hours are 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Wednesday. Closed New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All right. Uh, and with that, that's the news. Say, uh, taking some time to do this. Got my questions prepared and all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, for those who don't know you, let us know who you are and where you're from. My name's Aaron Hawkins, and I am originally from Batavia, Illinois. I used to live in Aurora way back in the day. I, I love this town also. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. I graduated Batavia High School in 93. So. All right. Um, We'll, we'll get into more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we shall. Yeah. Um, so ha how much has Batavia changed since then to now? Oh, man. When we moved to Batavia in 80, 80, 81, we moved from Lombard. And I remember where the 7, if you're familiar with Batavia, where the 7-Eleven is on the corner of Prairie and, and Wilson Street. Mm -hmm. There used to be a marathon gas station where you drive up, you run over the run over the hose that makes a ding-ding sound inside. Yeah. People would come out and service the car and ask you how much gas you want in the car, check oil, clean the windshield, and stuff like that. Ain't like that no more. No, it's not. <laughs> that's how that's how much that town has progressed. And I tell you what, as far as architecture and aesthetics, I'm going to say Batavia and Aurora. I like filming in both areas, so okay, it's really just aesthetically pleasing. And they also have a road out there that is pedestrian friendly where you can like literally walk right down the middle of the road and cars would have to stop. Um, so they both got a kind of urbanish, urban but rural kind of, kind of country feel to both of them. Is that it? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, downtown Batavia is nice though. Yeah, I do is. like it. Yeah. That is. Water Street studio area and all that kind of happening, a little art scene down there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People don't think about Batavia for the arts, though. No. It's not known for that. No, they don't. In fact, oh gosh, I think about a week ago, a week or two ago, I was driving through on uh, Wilson Street, and I looked to my right, and I see Batavia, Batavia, Batavia Dance Company, I see in the, in the window, too, it looked like, uh, like, um, powered mannequins, but they're real people in the windows, you know, doing, like, you know, ballerina moves and stuff like that. I'm like, Humans acting like mannequins? Yes. Freaky. I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is really, really cool. I'm like, man, that's, that's art right there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you went from Batavia to all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, I've been all over. Been all well, over this country. Where are some of your travels taking you? Uh, I lived in South Carolina when I was in the Navy. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, that, that was an experience in itself. It was a lot of fun out there. Nice, slow pace. You go from living out here, nice, nice fast pace. You get stuff done like in two minutes. Right. Move out there, it takes two weeks for one task kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd always get in trouble when, with my superiors in the Navy. Oh, this task should take me two weeks. No. Two minutes, done. Right. And then after that, I moved back to Illinois and then, you know, joined up in the Army and moved out to uh, Washington State. Very cool. Uh, between the two coasts, I like them both. I prefer West Coast, so... <laughs> right. Yeah, Pacific North, Pacific Northwest. So. Um, growing up, what impact did your mom have in your life? My mom? Hmm. She, she had a pretty good impact on me. I mean, her her work ethic and things like that really was instilled in me because she retired at forty eight. So that that says a lot right. to me. I was like, well, you know what? That's something to aspire to be is is to work hard and work smart and, you know, retire as early as you can. I'm right. 45 now, but I haven't retired yet. <laughs> right. You know. Our time is different from our parents' time, though. Yeah, it is. It's very different. Yeah, very, very different. There's no, no such thing as a 25-year career anymore. Right. Which is unfortunate, but, you know, that's all right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so what got you involved in uh, the arts at an early age? The arts. How, how did you get involved? I actually got involved, I mean, I, I started drawing when I was 12, mm -hmm. just drawing like like 3D boxes and stuff like that, just, you know, with a ruler and pencil yeah. and stuff like that. Then in junior high, I got an arts class and just started drawing, you know, I'd read, I'd look like, look at Dennis Menace cartoons and start trying to draw it freehand and stuff like that. Right. And 
did a paper mache mask and stuff like that, you know, just arts, arts kind of stuff. And then that led to architecture in high school and then designed a 20,000 square foot ranch house. And at the time, to me, I thought it was revolutionary to have like a two-story garage where the floor comes up, you pull your car and it brings it down to the bottom. I thought that was revolutionary back in the 90s. It's nothing <laughs> nowadays, you know. Yeah, they were doing that like Batman days. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, someone stole my idea. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now I progressed from there and got a degree in graphic design and uh, decided I was bored with graphic design, even though it's a, it's fun to do, but I just got bored with it really quick. I get bored really easily. And I decided, you know, what the heck? I'm going to jump in and become an actor and went to acting school out in uh, Black Box in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um, was it a large leap from graphic design to becoming an actor? Sounds like it. Yeah, it's a huge leap because with graphic design, you're you're designing stuff that's tangible and intangible, like like coffee cup or a website or three D animation or even editing video, editing video and audio and pictures. Right. Whereas with acting, you're for me, it's more cerebral. Because I was trained using the Meisner technique, which is the the school I went to really, really taught you to become fearless, be a fearless actor, be a fearless person in general, and that's what it did. I mean, I thought I was fearless being in the military. <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing compared to being an actor. It's you know, you're in front of the camera, mm -hmm. and you're you're either gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. <laughs> and I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna do it. And went from there but yeah it's, it's a huge leap the Meisner factor Meisner technique Meisner yeah. technique what is that it's hard to explain other than I can pretty much go over one of the exercises we did in class whereas we would stand you know face to face kind of like what we're doing right now where we're sitting and I'll say well you look smug your response would be like well you look like you look like you're mad, or you, you look like this, you look like that, you you feel you feel calm, you feel relaxed, you mm -hmm. you feel energetic, you feel like a chihuahua on <laughs> an energy drink kind of thing. Right. And so it goes from there and then it just and just builds from there into like scene development and things like that. Huh. Yeah. It's it's worth uh, looking up uh, online and you know really studying it if you. Oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna re I'm gonna go back in this video and be like, what the hell did you talk about? <laughs> it's at like minute four. Um, talk about being fearless, being an actor. Not something that you would associate with being an actor. Fearless. What does that mean? Fearless. My definition of being fearless as an actor is just getting out there and just doing it. Uh, not being afraid of whatever role is thrown at you, whatever role you, you you get in a TV show, movie, commercial, what have you, and just going out there and just doing it. Um, that's that's a simplistic version of me being fearless. Um, to attribute it to the military is different because those are two different breeds oh, yeah. of animals, completely, completely different in my opinion. But there's some similarities because in the military you you're trained to be fearless and not show fear, whereas in in the acting realm you're trained to be fearless, but to show to show emotion and that sort of thing, show your show your weaknesses, show your vulnerabilities, and that also is also part of being fearless, being an actor as well, because you know a lot of people hold back and hold back emotion, and then that actor is just acting. It's not their true authentic self in my opinion. I want to see that actor get out there and just knock it out and, and not be fake in front of me. Um, all right, so here's a question. <laughs> when you started on this journey of becoming an actor, mm -hmm. what did you have in your mind going into it that you realized like, oh wait, I was completely wrong? I, I never thought that it was easy even though the likes of Denzel Washington and the likes of George Clooney make it look easy. Um, they've been doing it for many, many years. I went into this field and industry with an open mind and thinking, you know what? There's nothing that I can't accomplish within this 
within this industry and just went for whatever I could and just been chasing everything that I wanted. And, you know, so far it's worked out. I mean, remember when the World Series hit uh, for the Cubs? Mm -hmm. uh, was like four years ago. Did you see the uh, Mercedes-Benz St. Charles commercial? No. Oh, <laughs> of course. I was only in it for like a couple seconds, but I was, <laughs> I was like, I gotta go check you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like one of the only guys that actually wore a suit and a tie and so they had me play a car salesman. Oh. But of course I didn't speak, but that's okay. Right. It was still it was still fun, the experience was great. You were still in the Mercedes St. Charles commercial. Yep. Shout out to St. Charles, <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was good times, so that was a lot of good times. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so you're a black box in Chicago. Yep. You're at Black Box in Chicago. Yep. What's life like for Aaron around this time? Black box in Chicago time. <sighs> well, I haven't been back to that school in a while, so I'm, I'd love to pay them a visit and actually uh, keep honing my skills. Uh, right. An actor never stops learning. An actor never stops honing his skills. But what's life like currently? Uh, pandemic 2020? <laughs> it is interesting. I have two survival jobs to keep me going, mm -hmm. and I still... I'm doing acting and filmmaking mm -hmm. with actually some local filmmakers, one of which lives in Aurora. Okay. So I'm pretty sure you've interviewed him before. Andre? Andre Boyd. Boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, work with, I work with him a lot. In fact, I'm meeting up with him tonight because we are completely redoing one of my scripts titled Doomsday. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's a awesome. great guy. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I told him, I'm like, dude, I have, like, ideas and, like, more questions and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm definitely going to uh, reach out to him yeah. maybe in the future. That's yeah, cool. something that I learned when I was talking to him, though, and I like to ask, you know, just ask you about it further. Like, mm -hmm. you don't need, one does not need to be a trained professional actor. Does it, is it possible to become a good actor? It is. Or do you have to be born with it, whatever it is? <laughs> um, both, actually, because you, you can just jump into the acting field mm -hmm. without any professional training. Um, it might take you longer. Sure. Uh, but I, I prefer to have actors that, are, that, have, some, that have some type of experience. If, if they don't, like... Like I was filming some scenes, uh, I think it was around, around this area, and I had one of my extras that just stood out to me. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna give you a couple lines to say on camera, see how you do it. And this person has never had any lines in their entire life, but they were, they stood out to me as a director. And right. they, they knocked it out of the park. Even though those few lines may seem insignificant, but that's still a step in the right direction as far as getting more speaking roles because the only way you're going to get speaking roles is to actually, you know, audition and right. work on some independent films and stuff like that. Who's an example of a, uh, of a great actor? <sighs> there are many out there. Many, many, many great actors out there. Um, I would, man, <laughs> I have a lot of, I have quite a few that I really look up to as far as A-list actors, one of them being Morgan Freeman. Just his voice alone mm -hmm. carries to me. Oh, yeah. Um, Dude, Miss, Shawshank Redemption. Well, you know what? You need to get out of my head because All right, that, okay. that was one of my most favorite movies. I love that movie. I believe that's one of the only movies that I own on DVD that has not won a major award. It didn't? No. I don't think it won any anything like a prestigious like yeah. Oscar or something like that. I don't think it did. Yeah, I don't think it did either. No. How about that? Yeah, and I, I love Because they put that on the DVD jacket in the cover. Yeah, they usually Winter do. Of, yeah, that's, yeah there's nothing on there. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Huh. Yeah. And I was like, that movie deserved something. Oh, yeah. It really did. I mean, Morgan Freeman killed it. So did uh, Robbins. I mean, they... I watch that oh, movie. Oh, Tim Robbins? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I watch that movie God. all the time. And yeah. people think I'm nuts. They're like, why do you watch that old movie? I'm like, because it's still, to me, it's still relevant. Dude from Sopranos is in it too, Richie April. 
He's in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and crazy. That movie is actually a Stephen King movie, too. Is it? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. How about it? Shout yep. out to Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was a he lot. He didn't scare us that time he touched our hearts. Yeah, he, yeah. And he touched our hearts from the prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's one. Um, I've always loved George Clooney. I also like. Uh, like comedic actors as well. Any comedic actor you can name, I pretty much love them all. Um, how I got into writing horror film, I'll never know because I love comedy. You write horror? Yeah. Okay. Horror. Yeah. Talk about that. Well, talk about why you what why you would go from uh, what made you write horror of all things. <laughs> Personal experiences in my life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just drew from like the negatives. I'm like, you know what? Rather than dwell on negatives in your life, I just pulled it and just threw it on paper and threw it on film, like with my movie Evil Lurks. Um, that's what I did, just took a personal experience and just twisted it and threw it on paper and boom. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I get a lot of my ideas, is just from personal experiences or like everyday interactions with people or I'll just, as I'm driving, I'll see things happening and like, oh, okay, hmm. all right, cool. This could be a scene for a movie or this could spark another idea for a movie. Right. So that's how I went from, from went to that. I mean, that's not to say I won't write comedy, it's just right now, I mean, horror films, especially Evil Lurks is a supernatural kind of horror Yeah. with a few triggers in it, which we'll get into later. <laughs> um, so now you now this pulled from your own experience. Yeah, from my own experiences. Yeah, and it has a supernatural theme. Mm-hmm. So uh, can you talk about it? what happened? Um, as far as you want me to talk about the movie or like uh, my, my experiences with uh, the paranormal and supernatural feelings. Talk about that. Talk okay. about that. Yeah, my personal experience. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, I know, I know people tend to not believe in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally do because. I've experienced it firsthand. Um, whereas I was living in an apartment in West Chicago with my with my uh, fiance at the time, and it was Christmas time, and there was no animals in the house, no nothing. And our Christmas tree was not by a vent or anything like that. And next thing I know, I see the tree do this one of these arms violently back and forth. I'm like, it scared me to the point where it backed me into the corner in my in my kitchen and. I call my call my fiance out. I'm like, hey, look at the tree. It's moving back and forth. And she goes, Grandpa, stop playing with the tree. Speaking of my grandpa, the tree stopped. How do you explain that? No explanation. There's 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 no vents, no windows, no doors open, no nothing. Because it was like a million below zero. How it only gets in the Chicagoland area. It gets really cold in the winter. Right. And that happened. So. And I don't, and I've also experienced, like, because my grandparents were smokers, I am not, and I don't go around people that have smoked, so I shouldn't smell like smoke, mm-hmm. but yet, certain times of day, I can smell smoke, like cigarette smoke, or like, it'll wake me up in the middle of the night, I'll smell it, and that sort of thing. So I know, in my mind, my grandparents are around at that point in time. People might call me crazy for thinking that, but until you experience something like that, it's... It's pretty. It's pretty profound, in my opinion. Uh, I wouldn't call that crazy. No. I mean, I've um, I saw some shit in the Navy that I can't explain. I was doing South Packs in the middle, of nowhere, literally crossing the equator, and now you're just in water and it's dark mm-hmm. and there's no land in sight. Mm-hmm. I saw all kinds of things that I mm-hmm. can't attribute it to alien. I don't know what that was <laughs> though. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. have no idea. So, so and and, yeah. ret- and retelling the stories. To someone who wasn't on that ship, you know, years later, yeah. it makes me seem like a weirdo who needs to not drink anymore in this bar. You know, yeah. like yeah, cut no this, yeah, cut this guy off. Like, <laughs> yeah, stop drinking in this bar. Go home and take your meds. Kind yeah, of thing. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, but what is it about life experiences that make movies great? <sighs> hmm. There's some great movies that have been created that are not based on life experiences. You're so right. what is it that what's that what's that special flavor that those give? I think I think using personal life experiences in movies really makes it believable. Um, I mean, you can't compare. I mean, you could compare like 
an Avengers movie to like my movie, mm -hmm. but that's comparing an apple to an orange in my opinion because the Avengers movie is more of a it's a fictitious story, whereas my movie has some elements of my personal experiences, my my uh, real life experiences in it. Right. <clears throat> Though it might be a few in it, <clears throat> it's still in it. Um, I know a lot. I know a lot of great movies have been made without someone's personal experiences involved, and that's fine. But I, if I don't have some, at least something in there from my personal experiences in my movies, mm -hmm. you know, I I prefer doing it that way, honestly, because that way it has my touch on it, and so to speak. I can think that. If that makes any sense. No, it does. It totally does. <laughs> I can totally think that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell us about your first movie. First movie I was ever in was um, titled Secret Lover. That came out. I want to say 2016. I'd have to look at my IMDb page. I really don't remember. Mm -hmm. It's been about four years. Um, I pulled up to set, and here I thought I was going to be like a extra. I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have to speak. Yeah. Just chill and just do my just. I'm just a guy buying tomatoes and shit. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just a human. Pro I'm just a human prop, you know. It's all good. No worries. I walked in. They hand me the script. They're like, "You have 20 minutes to learn your lines." I'm like, "No pressure." Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, challenge accepted because my yeah. militaristic, my military side, kicked in. Like, okay, I got this. Got no this. worries. Right. You know. Right. And we filmed for a few hours that day, and it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I mean. The crew, the cast are inviting. They're really warm and welcome people. Mm -hmm. And you know, the movie, the movie in itself was was just it was just a lot of fun to do for me. Where was the shot? It was shot in Plainfield, actually. The Plainfield okay. and the second role I had in that movie, um, I was just a shopper. They filmed that in a uh, looked like a Grateful Dead kind of feel store in downtown Naperville. That role, I was talking on the phone to my guy, my buddies, as to, and telling them, you know, just complaining as to why I'm in a store shopping for my girlfriend when I could be with them drinking beer and watching the game kind of thing. Right. And after every, after they, after they, after they yelled cut every single time, they're always laughing at what I was saying because it was completely ad-lib, it was completely improv. So, and they're, they're, they're just loving it. So that was, that was There's a, a skill in improv, is it? Like, isn't there? Yeah, there there is. I haven't been uh, professionally trained in it, so it's more, <laughs> of, more of me just you know pulling stuff off the cuff and say, yeah, okay. It's kind of like boiling spaghetti. If you throw it against the throw it against the cabinet and it sticks, it's you know it's, it's done. Good. Yeah, it's hmm. done kind of thing. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um. All right. Secret lover. Yeah. Shot in Plainfield. Mm -hmm. Another scene that you were in was shot in another location. Yeah. Um, now, it came out in 2016? I, I, be I believe it did. 2016, 2017. We had a red carpet event at Hollywood Palms in uh, Naperville. Nice. Yeah, um, nice. So now you are, that was your first film? Yeah. Okay. What came after Secret Lover? Well, uh, various other short films uh, I worked with uh, Andre Boyd on. One of them was... Drake's Shout out Drake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, gosh, in no particular order, we did the Deadly Drug. Oh gosh, man, my old memory, old memory is horrible. But I mean, I've done quite a few okay. uh, roles with Drake, speaking roles, uh, supporting roles. One of which we we just got done with not too long ago was called the Stalking Axe Murderer. The stalking axe murderer. Yes. <laughs> Honey, make the popcorn. <laughs> it, it was actually good. I think. It, I think in. I think it. In a, in one of the festivals it was in, it got honorable mention, I believe. Mm -hmm. And people loved my character. I believe my name, my character name was Stanley, and I was the, uh, the janitor in the building. And if yeah, I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. I believe it's on YouTube. Okay. So I definitely recommend checking out. I give a peep. I give a yeah. peep to my brother. Yeah, check out Aaron Hawkins. And, and, and in fact, like I interviewed that dude. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I was looking all scruffy in the film too. So I mean, nice. I'd used a uh, Barney Fife kind of uh, 
feel. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds a little weird, but I I kind of use like a southern accent yeah. with that, and then I I'm kinda, old enough to understand the significance yeah, of that. And yeah. I kind of you know I just I just did this uh, southern accent that I'm doing right now and stuff, and kind of peaked up my voice and you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> A little Batavia in there for <laughs> Batavia back in the day. Yep, yep. Um, so, quick flag to plant in the conversation. In in your acting and, and things that you do in your creative side, what, if anything, from your military or Navy experience comes out or do you use? Is there anything that you... Yeah... It's quite a bit, actually. I mean, other, other than from the training that was beat into us in the military, mm -hmm. um, I say beat because, you know, they do beat beat you down in the military and build you back up. Yeah. Uh, that really, when I was in the military, it really instilled a lot of drive, determination, and focus with me. Mm -hmm. um, I carry that over to this day and use that in everything I do within the industry. Uh, from writing to acting, you know, I just go all out and just give it, give it my 110%. Because if I don't do that, that's not enough. It's, if it's 109, that's not enough. Right. Uh, my hashtag I always use on my Facebook is 100% grind. So that's me. Right. 100% <laughs> grind. I mean, my, my friend, my mentor out in San Francisco, which I actually <laughs> went to high school with, um, he would always say 90% grind or 95% grind. I'm like, Screw that! No, it's one hundred percent for me. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm just hard charging. That oh yeah, I'm always been always been like that. So, um, in fact, I'm actually this is probably year three I've been writing it. It's actually a uh, military movie, and it's supposed to uh, dispel the myths of PTSD and and the effects it has on service members. And I've done a lot of research on PTSD and you know how it how it pertains to the military personnel hmm. and it it goes pretty deep because I don't I don't personally have PTSD that I know of I mean who knows but I mean but I I've, I've done a lot of research on it and it's I'm about halfway written in it and it's taken me three years but that's more of a passion project for me to get it done right and correctly right. because I don't, I don't know about you but whenever I watch a military movie I'm like okay Inconsistency one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I always point them all out because you know you're you're used to seeing that in the military. You're used yeah. to seeing okay, you don't salute in in combat. Yeah, you know you don't do that. Right. <laughs> or you know without a cover on. Yeah, exactly. you know like yeah. shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it like why is he doing that? Yeah, kind of like you don't. How often do you see in in combat people come to formation? Right. You don't see that. Right. It just doesn't happen because then you're a high target. Yeah, exactly. And I saw that in uh, the miniseries Generation Kill. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was on HBO quite a few years ago. I got that on, on DVD and I was like, that's inconsistent. Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the colonel's standing there. Mm -hmm. He's identified all medals. Yep. You know, the enemy is shooting and he's over here... Soldier, tell me what... No. <laughs> no, it's not... No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it doesn't happen like that. Kind of like, I don't know if you've seen, you've seen Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Where, Hell, yeah. Where, they're, where he's in the cockpit, you see, and, and one the lines is actually, Roger engaged, and he's doing this with the joystick. It looks like he's playing a video game. I'm yeah. I'm like, that's fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the movements were so yeah. fake. I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> and it's, uh, it's funny when we see it, or I'm, I'm thinking now, Mm -hmm. It's advertising how people talk about it. Great American film mm -hmm. gives you the real deal of it, and it's like, no, nah, man, mm -hmm. it totally, totally does not. What I like when I see Navy movies, though, which is kind of, I mean, when you're watching the movie and the ship, depending on when it was made, you're kind of like, you're like, okay, you know, I think they were probably, that's not a real master chief, but, you know, yeah. they're trying. And sometimes in the movie, I'm looking at the, the uniforms, too. You know, okay, the shirts like he looks squared away, but you can't really tell like those little nitpicky details. Yeah. I look at like the bridge and all that kind of shit. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll watch it, <laughs> but if I see something silly, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
So yeah. But um, so you do. You do use your, your your talents and your skills. Oh yeah. Yes, I definitely do. I mean, you know, to add to that, I mean, I've done a lot of background work at for a lot of the Chicago shows, and one of which I don't remember the name of the show, but it was on Channel Two CBS out here, and I played a military officer. I mean, no stress there because I was in the military, yeah. so I played a naval officer. I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. First time ever wearing a uh, naval officer uniform. Right. You know, I was enlisted, so. Yeah. I was like, okay, I mean, and everyone that was wearing the uniform was in the military being a veteran or is in the military being active or reserve or guard. So that that really helped out the production because we knew what the heck we were doing. Right. So we were squared away and the civilians were just like, meh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't they didn't care. Yeah, they don't they don't care even understand yeah. No, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. From third class paid officer to admiral, just like that. <laughs> it's like sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, so now let's talk about uh, let's talk about your role of Danny the neighbor. Okay. All right. Tell about Danny the neighbor. Danny the neighbor and secret lover. He was an apprehensive dude because he just didn't. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what it was about him. He was just really apprehensive about coming over and you know socializing with his neighbors uh, based on unfortunately or fortunately or whatever you want to say their religion. Mm -hmm. I know religion is a huge hot-button topic mm -hmm. in any conversation, whether it be movies, personal, that sort of thing. Um, so he was, he was, he was kind of on edge. But in the scene that I was in, the the neighbors made me feel welcome and stuff, stuff like that, and made me feel like part of their family. Hmm. So I mean, okay, that's. And honestly, that that played right into how I was feeling that day because I was given the line, I was given a role on short notice. I'm like, okay, no nerves, yeah. But I was, I was nervous. I mean, yeah, I was nervous because I wanted to get the line and the roles right, the you know the role right. So that played right into how that character was feeling at that time. Oh. So and honestly, I mean, like I said earlier, the production, the crew, the cast—they're all awesome. They're all great people. So it made me feel welcome because every time we do the do the scene we cut and we just chill and just you know talk stuff like that so it was it was it was like it was it was the scene but yet it was real life it was like a mess between the two so you know, nice yeah. um so what's coming up in the future well um we wrapped evil alerts december okay. of last year as far as uh Getting, every, getting all the scenes done and shot and stuff like that. Uh -huh. uh, we've been in we've been in post production right now for that whole entire movie. That is set to be released. We're calling it spring slash summer of 2021. Okay. More so summer, we're thinking. Only because there's last special effects that happen and that sort of thing. The trailer for the movie, on the other hand, it is out and it lives at Evil Lurks on YouTube. Evil Lurks okay. Movie on YouTube and it lives at EvilLurksMovie.com website as it well. It lives? Lives, meaning meaning it, it's there. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. But I thought that was like a, like a you know, I said know that or something. <laughs> no, but it's 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 there. If you if you go to the if you go to EvilLurksMovie.com website, it's right there. Uh, it was it won a won an award for best trailer at the Hollywood Horror uh, Film Festival. So and it's in three more festivals currently right now. So we'll see, see if it wins any more awards. You gonna keep going with uh, horror films? Yes, yes. In fact, uh, Andre Boyd and I are rewriting a script that I have called Doomsday. And in fact, I'm meeting with him later on today, and we're gonna be working on the, the treatment and that sort of thing. And I started writing the sequel for Evil Lurks halfway through filming the current Evil Lurks movie. So, oh, yeah. okay. So, yeah. Um, and what's Evil Lurks about? Evil Lurks is about a family that get... Well, actually, hold on, let me rewind that first. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just jumped right into, like, the family that adopted Erica. But it starts off with an unscrupulous... Um, 
hypnotherapist mm -hmm. named Harold, and he has within him an evil, dark spirit entity kind of thing, and he, for some reason, sexually assaults one of his uh, clients, impregnates her, mm -hmm. and that passes on the evil to this this lady's child. Uh -huh. So the uh, the lady that gets you know assaulted ends up in a mental institution just because she lost her shit because well of the traumatic experience of an attack and her uh, her doctor within the I think she's a I can't remember what she is in the movie but she's a doctor nonetheless and she she is working closely with with the uh, actor that plays the role of uh, Kimberly and she gives birth mm -hmm. and the doctor is like no I'm going to adopt this child because the, the parent didn't want anything to do with her Correct. fast forward 15 years uh, Erica is the name of the daughter and she has the evil entity within her Right. Uh, prior to that, the uh, the the hypnotherapist is is killed with a pen to the ear. Believe Ooh. it or not, it's a hell of a way to die. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, so he he comes back, you know, to you know wreak havoc in the family, mm -hmm. and there's. There's a suicide in the movie. Okay. And there's there's obviously obviously blood and killing in the movie. Uh, the the parent the the biological mother of Erica senses there's something wrong with what's going on in that family, and her she reaches out to her estranged uh, father to try to help you know get Erica out of that situation and. They go there and somehow her father gets possessed by this evil entity mm -hmm. and ends up killing himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, without saying too much else, I'm gonna have to stop. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, 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 no. Let's let's yeah, let's leave it there. Yeah. As soon as you start going into uh, as soon as you got to the part where you're like uh, the the lady got sent to a mental institution, I was like, oh shit, like, spoiler alert, like, we don't, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's hold it right there. Yeah. Um, where do you get fake blood from? I make it. You do? Yep. Okay. I make it. I use, I actually have two recipes that I use, one edible and one non-edible. Um, I made the mistake of making the non-edible one with, uh, soft soap, which is the hand soap, mm -hmm. and my actor put it in his eyes, and yeah. It burned as a <laughs> but I mean it, it's it's relatively easy to make. I mean use I use a cornstarch. I use a caro syrup that clear. Oh, I know caro. Yeah, syrup. Uh, you know, food coloring, and I also use um, peppermint extract for the flavoring, and I also use uh, Hershey's cocoa in there, so it tastes like a thin mint kind of flavor. Mm. So if you have to have it in your mouth, you can eat it, so it's not gonna. So if there's a scene where the guy gets beat up in a bar fight, he's bleeding from the mouth, the actor's enjoying it. Yep. It's like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> like, keep hitting me. <laughs> yeah, keep hitting me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll enjoy it. They're not gonna have, they're not gonna be blowing bubbles or anything like that. So yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Aurora now. Okay. Um, so you live in, you don't live in the town. No. Rob, but you're always here, you're always working at Aurora, always doing your thing, have yeah. been for a long time. Yeah. How much has Aurora changed from your earlier days to now being involved? Oh, man. <laughs> I remember way back in the day, the old Taco Bell on Lake Street, then right next to it was this uh, liquor store that's no longer there. Just the aesthetics, just buildings have changed so much. And I also remember when there was not a casino downtown. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't either. I, I remember when 
what, what was there, two riverboats down there or three? I think there was two. And they they made it in the U-shaped barge, which it, which it is now. And then they had like a, uh, they used the smaller riverboat as like the, you know, smoking area or whatever the case may be for, for the casino. I mean, yeah, I do remember way back in the day when there wasn't a casino down there. Holy cow. Yeah. That's showing my age. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, aesthetically, I mean, it's 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 built up and grown over the years, and I see a ton of potential down here because, you know, there's a place downtown called the Venue. I mean, that place is great. Oh yeah, right down the street. Yeah, that music way. place. Yeah. Yeah, music, good music spot and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. In fact, my uh, my co-writer for Evil Lurks, Chris Shern, actually his band, the Invisible Cartoons, plug of course, <laughs> actually played there um, pre-COVID. So yeah, they're. They're a small rock band, so yeah, they're pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I keep on looking out the window because I'm just keep on looking around. It's like, yeah. No, it's not, yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cool, yeah. I mean, I've I just seen Aurora grow and just get better over time. I mean, not to say it was bad back in the day, it's just, you know, things evolve over time, and I've seen I've seen evolution, and it's, it's pretty cool. Aurora had its hard spots. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, and, and nobody, uh, you know, everybody knows that. I found that one of the more difficult things is for that perception mm -hmm. to be defeated. Mm -hmm. I used to work downtown every day. People would be like, "Oh, Curtis, where you live, man? I live in Aurora." Oh shit! Yeah, it's kind of tough out there. And it's like, no, like it's nice. You know, it's first Friday and all this jazz, um, mm -hmm. uh, the farmers market and all yeah. this. Yeah, it's hard to defeat that negativity, that negative stereotype, though. It it really it, it really is. But I mean, it's. It, I mean, it takes a it takes a whole entire community to make it better too. So. Right. Um, what does America mean to you? America. Oh, boy, that's a that's a very general question. To me, it means uh, just freedom. I mean, that's really the overwhelming word that I can think of: freedom. Because, I mean, we we could have a lot worse in this country based on what other countries have gone through. I mean, you know, you know North Korea, they're, they're completely controlled by their, uh, by their communist government and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. People always complain about this country. Well, you don't realize how good we actually have it in this country until you've actually seen other countries yeah. and how they operate. Though I've not been to North Korea and I'm planning on going to North Korea, but <laughs> I've I've looked at like satellite imagery and I compare North Korea to South Korea. Have you ever seen it at night? Oh, it's completely night and day, literally. Yeah. Literally, yeah, because the dividing line south all lit up, north nope, dark, dark, it's complete darkness. Yep. Oh, so yeah. that that shows a lot of control there. So I mean, people people complain about this country all they want to, but I see it as freedom, opportunity. I mean, what other country can you go to that? You can be free and do what you do what you want. Of course, with a reason. I mean, you, know, you can't go out and murder someone and get away with it. I mean, maybe you can on camera. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, in, where, what other country can you go to that you can actually pursue your dreams and actually achieve them? Right. You know, that's that's my thing. Yeah. In America, and being a veteran. That. That also is all. It also leads into patriotism for me too, because I'm. You know, I love this country. I can't see going anywhere else. Um, what does it mean to be a patriot in the year 2020? That's tough. <laughs> That's really tough because. I ask as a fellow vet. Yeah. Being a patriot in 2020 means to me. Do you feel that the, do you feel it's changed now? Mm, I, I think. Not it, us, but like the perception of what a patriot is. I think for some it has changed the perception of what a patriot is because this country is so divided uh, on many different levels, whether mm -hmm. it be economically, racially, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I don't. I 
a lot of people might get on me about this, but I don't see I don't see race. I see mm -hmm. human beings uh, because I've worked with many different people throughout many different you know nationalities, and we all bleed the same. Um, we all put our clothes on the same way, whether it's left left leg in first, right leg in first. I mean, I don't, I don't, I guess I just don't see the difference in, in anything like that. Uh, like, patriotism, from a military, from a military standpoint for me would mean, if they were to say, hey, Aaron, we need you to throw on your uniform. Even before they got the word uniform out, I'd be in, I'd be in uniform running towards that recruiting station like, dude, let's go, let's do this. You know, that's 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 my definition of being patriot, being patriotism. Uh, civilians might see it differently. I mean, because you know, I think being in the military really changes one's view on this country. Because oh god, yeah. Because I mean, I don't know about you, but when I got out, I went to a civilian store to buy something. I'm like. But the tax at nine ninety nine, they're like tax. I'm like, oh. right? Because I was so used to spending money on base. Yeah, you didn't have to pay the tax. Whatever. Well, you're was good. On. Yeah. yeah. Like, All right, man. I was like, hundred fifty dollar tax on a computer. What? Yeah. <laughs> it just blew my mind because you're in that military bubble, you know, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's a bubble because you're so used to the whole regiment of getting up at zero dark thirty to go to work and. Going home at zero dark thirty. Right. And you know sleep. every single day. Yep. There is no there's no deviation from that. No. Nope, You'll no. be paid on the first and the fifteenth. Yeah. But nothing changes. It's 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 the same every day, yeah. Yeah, there's no chill with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except if you were in South Carolina with me, we would be crab fishing off the off the edge of the ship. Good times. <laughs> yeah, it was great times. Oh good times. Yeah. Um so your Navy experience didn't take you out of the country? No. Okay. Did your Army experience? No, it did not. So you were stateside yep. in both? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go. <laughs> People think I'm crazy, but I wanted to go to Iraq. Um, you know, to, to the point that you just made, though, mm -hmm. about traveling, you're right. Because when I was a kid, my traveling was through books. I would mm -hmm. read National Geographic. I'm still a big fan of it. I could see Peru. I could learn about Uruguay and... Canada, but I had no way of ever seeing any country growing up in Harvey, Illinois. How on yeah. earth was I going to make it, you know, how was I going to experience how big the world was? Yeah. It was through the Navy I was able to do that, yeah. and I saw that like, yo, the world, first of all, life is cheap, and oh, you know, the America is, uh, I mean, it's a great place to live, and it, it is. is a land of opportunity. I mean, if you want, you know, mm -hmm. the average human has not seen poverty. There are some poor places in this world where yes. people really don't have nothing. So we should, we, you know, we are blessed to uh, to be here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Spot on. Um, yeah. What was South Carolina like? Slow pace <laughs> compared yeah. to up here. Up you here. love that place, don't you? Oh. Yeah. Any plans to retire down there when you get famous? Hmm. Possibly, yeah. Okay. I mean, gosh, I went to I went on vacation down there a few years ago to yeah. Myrtle Beach. And I loved it. I mean I, I actually went to Virginia Beach first and I went to Myrtle Beach and yeah, it's the same ocean, but the water up in up in Virginia Beach was a little bit cooler. Mm -hmm. So I need to go where it's nice and warm. Right. right. I mean, just the slow pace in general was just great. Yeah. You know. I mean, my my superiors on the ship gave me a task to do, and they didn't expect me to get it done as quickly as I did. You're right, because <laughs> exactly. everything's fast paced up here. I just like the slow pace. Yeah, yeah, it's nice and chill. Yeah, I'm a Midwest guy at heart. Mm. I mean, I spent some time in, in San Diego, but oh, now man. I'm back here, and I'm like, yeah, nah. You know, <laughs> I, 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 sometimes I would like to go back, but I do like having my four seasons here. And California is a whole different flow and feel. You know, oh. I, this is much more grounded in reality. It was really fake out in California. I didn't like it. Oh, yeah. Not ultimately to live out there forever. Yeah. Um, 
All right. So before we get into the last bit of this interview, um, I do want to ask you and just kind of get your your perception on things. Um, we're in the era of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about to be 2021. Now, when COVID started, there were those who said, uh, you'd hear things like, when things return to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait for this to be over so we can go back to doing this. I personally feel that that's done for. There is no return to normal. You're either making a new normal for yourself or you're just going to get swept up. Um, what's your opinion? Is there a normal to return to or do we got to create something new for ourselves? I think that ship has sailed, to be honest. I mean, I, I remember when we, we had our stay-at-home orders in March and I just bought a, I just bought a new, new to me car. I just bought a new car uh, a week prior to that. I'm like, crap, what am I going to do? Right. They shut my they shut my uh, my daytime survival gig down for a week, but then they deemed us essential because we we do mailings and stuff like that. I'm like, cool. So I went back to work, um, just sanitizing the whole entire building, that sort of thing. I think with this whole COVID situation, I think it's made everyone more hyper more hyper diligent diligent whatever you want to call mm-hmm. uh, as far as cleanliness and sanitation that sort of thing but if you've been doing that all along I think you'd be alright I don't think there's a new normal I don't think there's a normal to go back to because neck gaiters masks right. I mean just because you get the COVID vaccine doesn't necessarily mean you're immune doesn't mean you can just ditch these masks because right. you can still get it right. I mean I honestly think I had I personally think I had COVID this time last year you know, I really do, based on the the symptoms and stuff like that. It was a mild form, but I really do think I had it because I never get the flu. I saw a Navy meme, and it said uh, oh it was so good. It was so good. I, I saved it, but I didn't share it. Um, remember, you know, you were in the Navy before I was, but, like, you know, you're going to boot camp, and it's a line of the docks with the shots, and they're mm-hmm. shooting the shit out of you and your arms. It's just you're just walking down the gallery of guys with needles, yep. injecting you. Mm-hmm. There was a meme that says something like, "If you <laughs> if you've been through this, you ain't worried about them." No, no. Yep, I remember that because they had they had the the guns actually just yeah. in the arms, and then at the end of that line was the peanut butter shot. Yes. Oh my god. Oh, that was yeah. Oh my. God, yeah, no. Good Navy stuff in the morning. Yeah. Well, the time is now. <laughs> oh boy, the time is eight forty-five a.m. Uh, we start this episode a little bit earlier, about okay. seven forty-five, I think. Right. Um, the show ends on a positive note. Okay. What is your message today, Tuesday, for the uh, for the people out there? My message today is going to be this. No matter what you're going through in life, there's always going to be a, I think, a positive outcome. Um, no, matter, no matter what you're going through, you could be in the deepest, darkest depths of hell, but there's always going to be a, the light at the end of the tunnel. There's always going to be a positive outcome. Um, like, like with me personally, you know, we, we've all been through uh, some bad experiences in our mm-hmm. lives, and whether you want to admit it or not, we have. But it's what you do with those experiences that makes all the difference in the world. You can either decide to make a change for the positive, or you can feed into the, the negative and, and wallow in your self-pity. Personally, I opt for being positive, uh, uplifting uplifting people, my actors, and industry professionals, and that sort of thing, because I see it as paying it forward, because I have two mentors in the business that have helped me and guided me throughout this whole entire process, and you know what, I am so grateful so grateful to them, I have yet to meet them in person, even though one I went to high school with, they both live out in California, but I will meet them one day. The from San Francisco you mentioned. Yes, yes, uh, Jason Johnson, yeah, yeah, uh, and because of them, I'm paying it forward. I'm, 
I'm taking, I'm going to, you know, have actors that don't normally get an opportunity to have a speaking role. I'm going to just throw them in and give them a speaking role because I think that's more positive versus beating them down with a hammer kind of thing because that's just not my style. I mean, I, I was beating down with hammers in the military because, you know, that's just how they do it. They that's just how they do it. Yeah. They just beat you down and build you back up. And when they build you back up, you're a machine. I, I'm i an artist, not a machine anymore. <laughs> so Well said. Yeah. Well said. Mm -hmm. Well said. Um, when you get to camp, when you get to Frisco, mm -hmm. when you get out there, make sure you hit the wharf. You're a seafood guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, San Francisco? Uh, um, South Carolina with South the crab Carolina. fishing off the boat. Yep, and Seattle. Oh, I love Seattle. Oh, I've been to I've been to Seattle man. Rose Festival for the Navy, um, Oregon, Portland, Oregon, whole Pacific Northwest. Shout out Pikes Pikes Place Market. Yes. Shout out. Yes. Um, so yeah, the wharf though in San Francisco, excellent place. Some really good food. Really good food. It's a whole experience. I can't imagine how it's been with COVID and everything like that. But when I was there, um, full of people. Nice, great atmosphere. Really mm -hmm. cool. Um, but enough of this food. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you coming on to the show, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Very much appreciated. Cool. And for all of you viewers and listeners out there, this episode will be up. Check us out on Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the page. Oh, man. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and Andre doing more good stuff. And we'll be shouting you guys out from the rafters. And uh, let us know when the movie drops. Yes, you I know. will. Yes, yeah. I will. And um, hopefully when you hit the uh, red carpet again, <laughs> again, again, yes, again yeah. <laughs> we can catch you out there. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. So with that, we hope that you guys have a good rest of the day out there. Peace. You got it. Ha, ha, ha.